Hey, it's not quite the DeLorean, but we're going back in time with a new podcast feed full of all my favorite interviews in the history of the Bill Simmons podcast. We're coming up on seven years now. I've had an unbelievable collection of athletes, celebrities, showrunners, directors, Matt Damon, Denzel Washington, Adam Sandler, Kevin Garnett, Shirley Theron, Tom Hanks, Bill Burr, Kevin Durant, Peyton Manning, The Undertaker, Eddie Vedder, Kyrie Irving. Yeah, he actually came on. Dave Grohl, Quavo, Barack Obama. I mean, what else can I tell you? I've had Al Pacino with Barry Levinson. I've had people like Steph Curry, Jason Bateman, John C. Riley, Jonah Hill. I could just, I could keep going and going. But wait, there's more. Whether it's your first time or you're planning on revisiting some of your favorites, make sure you head to BillSimmonsInterviews.TheRinger.com for the entire archive. You can sort by genre, year, and more to easily navigate all your favorite people. Follow the Bill Simmons podcast, The Interviews, on Spotify now. This episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Iced Tea. Go beyond reality with new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea and discover a berry delicious world bursting with unexpected blackberry flavor. A world so full of refreshing blackberry iced tea that you may never want to leave. But there's always time to linger. Try new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Visit amazon.com slash pureleaf and enter 20 Pure Leaf for 20% off your purchase of new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. This episode is brought to you by Viore. I love sports. I know you do too. I also know that lots of you exercise, but if you're like me and my wife, the, the beloved sports gal, you're sick and tired of ugly, uncomfortable workout gear, especially, you know, I do a lot of walking. I walk around LA, I make calls, I listen to podcasts. Here are two words that will change everything. Viore clothing, a line of activewear that is unbelievable. The best thing about Viore is you can lounge around in it, you can work out in it, you can go outside, you can go shopping down in your local wherever, and you never feel like you're either underdressed or overdressed. You're just comfortable. You can wear it when you're training, traveling, lounging around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. Here's the deal. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viori.com slash Simmons. Once again, V-U-O-R-I.com slash Simmons. gentlemen welcome back to the death taxes and bananas podcast now listen i know you've all felt it this deep void inside of you that needed to be filled uh and that's actually a very common medical condition uh known as banana withdrawals but fear not because relief has finally arrived because your boy bananas is making his triumphant return to the television screens on this season of The Challenge Rider Dies, to help me put the gravity of this historical <laughs> event into context, I've brought on an expert in the field of not just sports, but also the fifth major American sport, The Challenge. Yeah, uh, he's, he's an American sports analyst, author, podcaster, and founder and CEO of the sports and pop culture website, The Ringer. But most notably, he is an absolute diehard challenge super fan, Mr. William John Simmons the third. 
or as we all affectionately know him, Mr. Bill Simmons. Welcome to the podcast. Great intro and certainly miles ahead of Nelson's toast on the first episode <laughs> of the challenge. <laughs> One of the worst toasts in the history of toasts. And an insult to you and an insult to you, but we'll get to that later. Look, the challenge has ripped off three different ideas for seasons for me. And I'm fine with okay. it because I love the challenge. But I came up with rivals. Jacoby and I came up with that. Literally on an ESPN podcast, we pitched the whole thing and they took that one. This ride or die one, we talked about last year on this podcast. We I went remember. through a whole thing about why don't they just do that? Why can't it just be one where you pick your right? And I was asking you who your ride or die was. And you said Donnie. And or Leroy. Depending or, on the, or the, the, the format. Yeah, Leroy or Donnie, yeah. depending on the format. Mm-hmm. And then there was a third one they ripped off with, with uh, teams that we had too, where we were like, it'd be fun if it was instead of like two sides where you had a whole bunch of like units. So it's fine. Rip, keep ripping off my ideas. I don't care. I love the challenge. So what you're saying is you're also, you also should be getting a producer credit on the shows, but you're also not getting one too. See, I thought that was just me. I'm moonlighting as, you know, creative consultant for the challenge, but what do I get out of it? Nothing. I get some screeners. (laughs) <laughs> which which I love. I love getting the screeners. But we should tell the story about me FaceTiming you or you FaceTiming me. Yes. Or I right FaceTime before. you. One of us FaceTime the other. And I you were about to you. go on the challenge. And there she was, Queen Nani, the queen that we pray to in my house. And she was right there. <laughs> and you guys are getting ready. She's putting on makeup. And uh, it was very exciting. So, yeah. So for those of you out there who don't know, Bill and I, uh, our relationship actually started um, on on the DMs. Bill actually slid into my DMs via Twitter years ago. Right. And he's like, hey man, love the challenge, love what you do, would love to take you out to dinner sometime. Uh, that didn't happen. What did happen is I ended up going to uh, his three-year anniversary party for his uh, company, Wait, you gotta Grantland. go backwards. I, was, okay. I hung All out right. with TJ and Leroy, TJ and Leroy first in Vegas with Jacoby. We shot okay. a bit for them in Grantland, December 2011. Wow. So you hung out with them before me. I see Yeah, yeah. And you didn't like it. You forgot that part. Mm-mm. You were like, wait, you hung out with TJ and Leroy. And I think you DM me, but that's fine. We can argue <laughs> semantics. Um, but we were like, oh no, no, we want to, you, you got to come. And then you brought for the three year Grantland anniversary. You brought Tyler, you brought Mark Long. Yep. You brought Seth Myers. Yeah. We had a bunch of celebs there. Jalen Rose was there. Um, was you weren't at the one that Kevin Costner was at, but it was great. Tyler was a fantastic hang. And Mark Long was great. And the whole thing was hilarious. And you did a toast. I did a toast. You were actually the first one. It's funny because that just came natural to me. I've always, since I was younger, I've always kind of been like, you know, I've always been like the, uh, the, the, the party guy, the token party starter. And I guess it just happened to be on the challenge every season. I would be the one to do the kickoff toast. And it wasn't until you actually brought it up and you were like, I actually attribute your success on the challenges not to the fact that you're a great strategist or you can manipulate people or your whatever athleticism, it's the toasts you give at the beginning of the season. That's the key to your success. Toast, toughness, smarts, I think is the bananas package. But you had, I mean, you come on the challenge the first couple of years. I don't think you were thought of as like a major, major threat, anything like that. Not and at all. You were more like, you were honestly a risk for alliances because you were such a loose cannon and you would go off and you would piss people off. And it was a question of like, do I even want to, do we even want to bring bananas into this? Cause he could screw up our whole alliance. So it wasn't really until 
I would say the beginning of the 2010s that you kind of morphed into bananas. I think the toast was a big part of that. You're trying to be more inclusive. I'm not the dick from the first couple seasons. I'm a little more than well, that, but you're playing I am, everybody. I'm just going to yeah, I you're playing I'm just going to pretend like I'm not. Right. You're playing the game better. That's when you learned with the toast how to play the game. So you love, this is what I love about you too. You love to compare people on the challenge to either basketball grades or just sports grades. So what, who else would you say in sports kind of had that same evolution where again, they started off not hmm. that great, kind of a risk, kind of not somebody that you wanted to have in the locker room, but then ended up having a, uh, you know, pretty successful career. All right. This is a fun game. Okay. I think, I think you're like a Steph Curry All right. coming into the league. You've got, yep. you, you're definitely a lottery pick the key West season. You know, you did a lot of good stuff that season. You were clearly meant to, at that point, the challenge is in place. It's like, this guy's going to have a good challenge run. There's no question, but is he, did he peak in the real world? Obviously he didn't, but it took a couple of years. It was a slow burn. It wasn't really like Curry it wasn't until about 13, 14, 15. He started to change the game the way we thought about it. The game itself started to change. The challenges become way more important. It talked about that in the documentary series. I forget which one that was where you had to climb the snow mountain. And uh, which one was that? Like 2010, 11 range? Argentina? That was, uh, Argent it was either Argentina. Well, there was one in Iceland. We had to climb the glacier. And then free agents, we had to climb a volcano in Pucón. Yeah, no, it was, Chile, the, it was the cold one was the first time they took the challenge to a whole other level. And yeah. you quickly realize like, oh, endurance is part of this. You realize yeah. how to handle having a target. A lot like Curry, the three-point mm -hmm. rolls. So I would say Curry would be for you. CT is definitely Shaq, where it's <laughs> okay. like Shaq won four titles, but he should have won like nine. Uh -huh. And, you know, he it was like he wasn't in shape half the years. He never really learned how to shoot free throws. CT left... I don't know. He should have won twice as many titles. He just, he had the seasons where he'd get kicked out. He would do dumb shit. He, uh, but isn't that part of, but okay, you're right. But isn't that part of, you know, being, being a, 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 a competitor and performer is being able to keep your emotions in check. Yes. Just like being a basketball player, you got to stay in shape. And Shaq wasn't always in shape and wasn't always dedicated. He would use the season to play himself into shape. And he was always the most overpowering guy of his generation. The guy everyone was afraid of, like CT was. Every yeah. year you went to the challenge, you're basically saying, I hope CT isn't in shape. I hope CT doesn't keep his head on straight during this challenge or he's going to win. But most of the time he didn't. It was even more, what was more, most dangerous about CT is even when he showed up out of shape, he could still do things that a man of his size should not have been able to do. Kind of like Shaq. Wes is like an Isaiah Thomas. Um, okay. Smaller guy, shouldn't have the two titles. Kind of hard to believe. Huge dick. Uh, is Isaiah Thomas very delusional as well? Does he have delusions yeah, of grandeur? Delusional, okay. delusional after his career, a little checkered. Um, mm -hmm. But I, I would say... Can't take the titles away. Great competitor. Certainly one of the best ever. But, you know, rub people the wrong way and had a lot of enemies. So that's good. Who else could we do? Nani would be Daryl Strawberry. No, no Daryl Strawberry <laughs> flamed out because of, like, substance abuse. Nani's more oh. like... <laughs> She's more like well, she uh, liked to party. She, I was, I was, I was just saying back yeah, in the fair, day. I fair. think, I think the problem is, had Nani applied herself, and instead of this, is what I said coming into this season as my partner, they're like, "What's your biggest concern?" I'm like, "I just hope she focuses on the game more, the strategy, 
as opposed to the extracurricular activities and all the partying that goes on, because I felt like that's what held her back in the past. And had she maybe focused earlier on in her career, maybe we would be having a different conversation. That's fair. So that's a good one. So that puts her like, you're in like that Kenny Anderson, you know, those nineties <laughs> NBA guys where it's like, Oh man, if only that hadn't happened. I think the thing with Nani though, yeah, that's what made her such the, you know, one of the, one of the hall of famers is it was the off the challenge stuff during the show that made her yeah. one of the most compelling yeah. female cast members we ever had. Maybe even arguably number one, because she'd fly off the handle but she was also fun, but she was just good enough that she could make the final day or the final weekend of the challenge and, but not quite get there. She was never, there was always a female who was better than her in the challenge. And she wore her emotions on her sleeve. And this is the one thing for better or for worse. Sometimes it was a great strength of hers and sometimes it was a detriment, but the fact that she was so unapologetically who she was, yeah. it really, I think she came across as very authentic and fans could connect to her and gravitate towards her when the, when a lot of people on the show were trying to be versions of themselves that wasn't, you know, all that authentic. I'll say this. I like CT, there's some regrets. I think he left some challenges on the table. Yep. I wouldn't change one piece of the Nani experience. Yep. Tour de force. Yeah. The only thing I never liked was when her cousin beat her in the challenge and she was kind of, eh, I know. it was too hard to go against my cousin. I was like, come on, you're a better competitor than that. You ultimately... Beat her. Don't don't make excuses. The only reason I was listen, it was sad. It, I it, I had a tough time watching that too. But that meant Wes was out of the house, and we had tried to get rid of him all goddamn season. So right. finally getting rid of him, I knew that she was leaving. You know, she was connected to him, and that's when him and I were still at the height of our uh, you know rivalry. So I wasn't all that sad to uh, to see the two of them. I'm trying go. to think who Cara Maria is because it's like she's basically Russell Westbrook, but if Russell Westbrook had a couple titles, where. People just constantly look for ways to pick her resume apart and she's not that good. And, yeah, you know, everybody yeah. disrespected her forever. And she was as badass as anybody in some of those challenges, like completely unafraid, would yeah. willing to push her body the absolute furthest, took the most shit probably. I, I would say other than maybe Paula, I think she probably took the most shit of anybody who had a realistic chance to win the title. I'm not counting Tanya, but like the last 12 years, it was like Carmira over and over again, the house just mobilizing against her girls being yeah. super mean to her. And mm -hmm. then her kind of having this attitude, like I deserve this. This has been my whole life. I'm not worthy. But then somehow in the challenges coming through you, I mean, how many times did you not like her? Uh, me and her did not know me and Carmira for, I mean, years. I think it was all the way up until final reckoning. Yeah. Uh, which was just a few years ago. We just did not see Ida. We couldn't, we couldn't stand each other in the you house. Did, you <laughs> genuinely disliked her. I disliked her more for the way that she behaved off of the show. I didn't really mind how our interactions on screen, it was the things that she would do off screen. And it was the, she, there are certain people that off, they, they, they can't ever check out of challenge mode, right? They're in right. the challenge mindset 24 hours a day, seven days a week, the entire year. And there's a lot of people out there that just love challenge gossip and they love getting involved in what people are doing in their outside lives outside of the show. It didn't used to be like that. It used to be like when you're filming, when you're on camera, whatever you do on screen is fair game. But once you're off screen, whatever you do in your personal life isn't necessarily fair game. And she was one of those ones that loved to bring personal drama, mm. personal lives, spill 
personal secrets just to like try and, you know, get attention and make waves. And I'm, I've never been, I've never been about that. I've always really tried to separate my challenge life from my personal life, have a clear divide between the two. Uh, Cause if not, man, it's like, you go nuts, dude. If you're constantly in that world and that mindset, you go nuts. But some people, they love it. One, are, one other check mark against her. Just gross, gross PDAs with Abram. Oh really like at the worst, yeah. the, the worst the challenge has ever been from a PDA. Just like you guys are gross. No yeah. respect for other people in the house. Like just all over each other. They were like lot. in college, that one couple that you're, nobody wants to be near at any point. So <laughs> it was a lot. Yeah. I know. Checker, checkered history for her. There's no question. All right. So let me ask you this. You obviously, uh, anyone that knows you or people, you're, you're a huge challenge fan. You've been for years. What, what originally like piqued your interest in the challenge? When did you start watching? What was it about the challenge as a sports guy that, 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 that piqued your interest and made you want to start watching? So love the real world. Mm-hmm. Like the real world, I was exactly the same age as the people on the first couple seasons of the show, right? So I didn't watch the New York one, but from LA on, I probably watched every real world through the second Hollywood season where I was like officially like twice as old as the people on the show. And I just was like, I don't have anything in common with these people anymore. Yep. But by that time, the challenge was up and going. When they started the challenge, I never really watched Road Rules, but the first couple of years, the challenge was like, this is fun. And it was a much sillier, you know, kind yeah. of gamified people, you know, like just kind of sliding around and chilling. Carnival games. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was it was dopey. And somewhere in the mid 2000s, I, I think the seminal moment, and it was funny, I think, I want to say this is when you and I maybe started to know each other. So I don't even know if your DMs thing is true. I feel like you emailed me because the queen, the original queen of the challenge, Sarah. Uh-huh. I think now this is when we met because you were texting me to come out with you guys. And I was like, this is a bad idea. Me going, I just got married. <laughs> me going out with these five challenge people. It would have been a terrible idea. Yeah. You wouldn't and have been you're like, Sarah wants to meet you. And I'm like, that's a bad idea. So this, so this was before. So then this was obviously then before Rivals 3. No, not that Sarah. Who was the one that won all the, it was before you even did the challenge. Or maybe you weren't the one that emailed me. Maybe anyway, I'm not sure. Remember okay. when that Sarah they had on the documentary when she won the five in a row, they kept yes, throwing her yes, in. Yes, 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 yes. I feel like okay. you emailed me anyway. Yeah. But that was when I thought the challenge went to another level. That was the first great challenge moment. They kept throwing her in. Mm-hmm. She kept winning. Yep. And it was like, oh, this is something. Now this is, this is a cross between survivor, but the challenges are better. The people are getting mad at each other in the house. Like they're, they're onto something. And I think from that point on, the challenge was amazing. So you're obviously credited with, um, and it's so funny because I hear people say it all the time. The challenge even uses it now. Okay. They even call, they even refer to the challenge as the fifth major American sport. Well, because I wrote the ESPN, the magazine piece. That was the whole premise. I wrote an entire, it's somewhere in my archives. I wrote like a thousand <laughs> word piece about this, that this is our, now our fifth American sport. We're going to have to dig this thing up, man. Yeah. So as a, so as a sports enthusiast, as a sports analyst, what would you say some of the big parallels are between professional sports and the challenge. Well, I think one of the things you can't win the challenge anymore unless you're in really peak condition. Mm -hmm. And I think that changed probably end of the two thousands, right? Somewhere in that 08 to 12. I remember that one year what they did the New Zealand thing when they did the intro dual two, where they all danced like, like, uh, yeah. Yeah. Whatever, like the rugby team. Uh Uh-huh. 
that was when it started to feel like, oh, this is big. They get it. This is now yep. they're blowing this out. This is becoming yep. a real show. So I think the parallels of, you know, you have to align with people much like on like a basketball team or a football team, you need good chemistry. And the challenge, you need some sort of good chemistry with at least a couple people to keep going, or you're just going to get voted out. And then, you know, sometimes there's just incredible athletes. Like originally one of the great first athletes who was on my podcast, the first year I had in 07 was Alton. And yeah. Alton was like one of the great, like the first generation challenge where it's just like, he was just seemed like one of the great athletes ever. And he, you never want to see him in a challenge. And he was just fast and athletic, but now you, but now you think like that, I think the Alton thing has been replaced multiple times. Like, uh, what's, what's his name? The, the, the guy who dated, uh, God, why am I blank? Jordan. Jordan. Yeah. Yeah. Jordan's a better athlete than Alton is. Yeah. 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 And I think Jay from survivor, the one who's now dating Michelle, who I think is adorable. Um, I think Jay's like an amazing athlete too, but so there's been more Altons, I guess is the point. The only thing we've only had one of is CT and Fessy's kind of like CT if CT's heart was removed. Cause I just think (laughs) Fessy's sorry, Fessy, if you're listening, like just prove to me I'm wrong. It just, yeah, yeah, just see like no more excuses. Just come through. Like you just haven't, you make excuses and it seems like anybody can break you. It's the way it is. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what to tell you. God broke the mold after he made CT. He literally made him. And he's like, okay, we, one of these is enough. It's either that or I think like the movie Terminator. I think like, you know, they sent the Terminator back from the future to like right. destroy all mankind. I think CT is like the Terminator from, he's like the T, not 1000. He's like the T1 million dude. He's been sent back. And it's like, cause what that guy's able to do. Yeah. And the fact that that guy is just able to continue to do what he does, at, you know, the age and the weight and, Whatever it's 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 incredible. I've never seen well, another human being. I think for both cyborg for perform you, that way. Yeah, for you and him, the fact that you guys have aged and have still been able to maintain a the level of quality you have. Like CT won that one challenge when he wasn't even in shape. Like he was joking the whole year at a dad body. Still won. <laughs> then he had done the other one when he came and he was in shape and he was yeah. older. And it was like this is Fessy's time now. And and CT it really felt sportsish. Where CT was like, it was like when Jordan, when Carl Malone got the MVP and Jordan was like, I'm right here. What's going yeah. on? And yeah. CT was like, wait, this is Fessy's time now? Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> and wins the challenge. We always joke about that. Like the us, you know, the the, the vets, us old guys, the uh, the hardened, the grizzled war dogs, like me, Wes, CT, jo- you know, Jordan. It's almost like we'll be on different seasons. We might not all be there, but it's still kind of our job to like protect the house against everyone else. And he's done a pretty good job the last few seasons, man, holding it down. Yeah. Jordan's been, I think the lost great challenge guy. Yeah. When some of the stuff he's pulled off, like, especially with his handicap, like winning that tug of war against Josh, against has Josh. to be a top five plus like to beat Josh in general is hilarious, but, um, <laughs> but just winning that event where you basically have one hand and you it's win an, anyway, insane. just because you're so smart in the timing, then the the final challenge when they're parachuting down and his parachute just doesn't really work. And he just crashes, snapped his knee and won the final it's and, and won anyway, like some of the yeah. best stuff we've seen. So he's yeah. moving up the ladder for me, you know, I, you and CT are at the top, but then I think that, third, fourth, fifth spot, I think gets really fun for a conversation. And Darrell's got to be in there. And I think, um, 
Yeah, that's uh, Darrell's probably the only other one. But Darrell, honestly, Darrell's last 10 years just haven't been good enough. From the moment he punched Brad, he's never really been the same. I think it's part that, but here's what all, what also happens. This is what the comparison I've made, because I've been doing a lot of press lately for Ride or Dies, and I've taken two years off, obviously. And it's crazy how just in that short of a period of time since I've been away, how much the landscape has changed, how mm. much kind of the format, how much the, the, the faces in the house, like I had ripped off 13 seasons in a row prior to coming into pr- prior to total madness. After I took a break, when you're there every season, it's like, you're used to everything. You, everyone yeah. knows who you are. You're familiar with the, 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 the space, the game, the speed of the game is kind of, you know, the same, like, you know, you kind of, I think the problem that some of the guys had, the Durrells, the Brads, the Derricks is they left and they took such a long hiatus and such a long break that when they came back, the game had changed and evolved so much. Yeah. They had a really difficult time readjusting and readapting to what it had become because it's a different animal than it used to be uh, back in the day. Darrell had the one year I thought he was going to win and they got that stupid hanging over the water, tilting yes. thing. And freaking Tony, Tony's one great moment in a challenge yep. where he's, he got knocked off, but somehow pulled Durrell over him Durrell as he's going off. over. And because Durrell hit the water before. Yeah. To- yeah. But Durrell totally won that challenge and somehow yep. lost it. But I thought he would have won that year potentially. Yeah, that was kind of like, that's that, you know, that reminds me a lot of the elimination I did against CT when I was strapped to his back. I like almost won that elimination. Right. He if beat you had me just by- gotten up a little faster, he just got you. <laughs> That was unfair. They just wanted you off the challenge that year. That was that was stupid. Plus, I Tyler that just got to lie down after seventy burritos and just <laughs> kill the clock for forty five seconds. Had Tyler went first, I maintain this. Had Tyler went first instead of me, it would have been a whole different experience. Yeah, but yeah, you're yeah. right. You're right. Listen, at that point, I was such a thorn in production side, and I get why. Look, watching back old seasons, I would have kicked my own ass. So. I literally felt like it was like, all right, we need to get rid of this guy. How do we do it? We're going to bring CT out of retire or, you know, he was, it was a forced retirement basically for him. Cause he was such a liability. We're going to yeah. bring this guy out of retirement, keep him in a cage, feed him nothing but like raw meat for a week. And then uh, we're just going to send him in to basically annihilate bananas. And that's exactly what happened. You know, one other one that in the, he had to leave the show and we don't need to go into all the reasons of it, but I, I think Kenny would have thrown together more than I think he won one title. Yeah, I think I thought no, he was. He, he, no, maybe he two? won. I think no three. Kenny has oh, three. Wow. Yeah, yeah, he he brought a lot to the table just from he was able to do the physical stuff. He had the endurance stuff, and there was there was probably some more there. The CT thing though, he CT unquestionably left three titles on the table. You know, we should talk about the ride or die piece of you and Nani though, because. All right. No, that's what I wanted to get to. So, okay. It's so so funny that you got the journey of you guys is improbable, right? It's hilarious, dude. Well, it's not just improbable. I mean, this is kind of going back to what, I mean, we'll get into more of the history, the histrionics of it, but we kind of touched on earlier, Bill and I, every once in a while, will like, cause you know, he'll, whether it's all stars or whether it's, you know, this, the, 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 the challenge doc that's out right now, he'll watch and he'll kind of, you know, send me a message here and there just to kind of get my, my take on things. And I think you texted me about all-stars. It was right after the final of all-stars had aired. And it just so happened that you texted me as Nani and I were gearing up 
at our hotel to right. come into Ride or Dies as a surprise. And I was like, this is fucking unreal. So I literally FaceTimed you right there. I was like, you're never going to believe what's happening. And it was Nani in the mirror getting ready. We were already in our challenge garb. And you were the last person that I talked to before checking. Nani and I ch talked to before checking into the game, into Ride or Dies, which happens on the first episode. Well, I wanted Leroy to win a title. That yeah. Le Leroy was like the, you know, Buffalo Bills of the challenge. And it just never quite happened. I, I think that one year with um, with Hurricane Naya, he had a chance. Yep. And then Nani, um, Nani's the other one. I don't feel like Nani ever came as as close as Leroy probably should have. Leroy really, Leroy just really had bad luck a few years. Horrible luck. No, Nani came very close in free agent. She lost to Laurel by maybe four minutes, and I maintain to right. this day that's fair when. When her and I were paired up and we had to do this big climb up the face of this mountain, that's when Zach died and we passed Laurel and Zach on the face of this crazy mountain. We had to run, basically sprint down the backside to get back. She didn't want to run. She wanted to walk. I'm like, Nani, this is it. And had she just sprinted that downhill, mm. she probably would have won that final because it was a, it was all uh, a timed event. I know. I know. It's tough. This episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Iced Tea. Go beyond reality with new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea and discover a berry delicious world bursting with unexpected blackberry flavor. A world so full of refreshing blackberry iced tea that you may never want to leave. But there's always time to linger. Try new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Visit amazon.com slash pureleaf and enter 20 Pure Leaf for 20% off your purchase of new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. This episode is brought to you by Viore. I love sports. I know you do too. I also know that lots of you exercise, but if you're like me and my wife, the, the beloved sports gal, you're sick and tired of ugly, uncomfortable workout gear, especially, you know, I do a lot of walking. I walk around LA, I make calls, I listen to podcasts. Here are two words that will change everything. Viore clothing, a line of activewear that is unbelievable. The best thing about Viore is you can lounge around in it, you can work out in it, you can go outside, you can go shopping down in your local wherever, and you never feel like you're either underdressed or overdressed. You're just comfortable. You can wear it when you're training, traveling, lounging around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. Here's the deal. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viori.com slash Simmons. Once again, V-U-O-R-I.com slash Simmons. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian, tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. All right, so speaking of ride or dies, we'll get into that. We'll get into that. Bill, I know you I know you absolutely love this first episode. Before we get into it though, I'm going to read you passages from a few famous speeches and when if you know who they are and you know where they came from, just go ahead and shout it out, okay? Here's the first one. Four score and 7 years ago, our fathers brought forth on this continent a new nation. Abe Lincoln? Abe Lincoln. Good. This one might be a little more difficult. 
That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Was It's not CT. Uh, <laughs> Neil, Neil Armstrong. Perfect. All right. Now, this one, you're really going to have to know your shit to, to, to know this one, yeah. okay? Hear ye, hear ye. If you made it here, you're here to play. But can you really play? We'll find out as the game begun. But has it really begun? Yes, it has. Put your motherfucking drinks in the air. You left out the... <laughs> he did like a weird cackle at the end. <laughs> the worst toast of all time. Look, we all love Nelson, but... What just is the, happening the un- here? Unforced Nelson errors are just a staple of the last 10 years of challenges. What is happening, Such dude? a lovable I, guy and just yeah. can't stay out of his own way. He just can't. I mean, here's what's, here's what's mind-boggling to me. I became synonymous. The challenge became synonymous with me and Toast, right? At the beginning of every season, that, that's just what I do. It got to the point where producers would literally come in night one and be like, Bananas, we need your Toast right now. It's got to happen. I'm like, dude, I'm in bed. No, got to happen. Here's a bottle of champagne. Rally up the troops. But they, st- I would do the Toast. And they wouldn't put it in the episode. Like three straight seasons went by where I did a toast and it didn't make air. So total madness. I was just like, guys, I'm not going to do it. You're not going to air it. Right. And now here we are. I'm not even in the game. And Nelson takes the, uh, takes the spotlight. It was like, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know who's his ghostwriter for his toast, but he might need to fire him and get a new one. He, he might've uh, wanted to workshop it a little bit with a couple friends. <laughs> I been. think it's, it looked like they just kind of pulled it. He wasn't even ready for it. Cause I mean, it looked like the guy was a little inebriated. It looked like they just out of nowhere, just like, Hey Nelson, you want to do a toast? And he's like, yeah, let me, let me just jumble up this word salad together real quick and just say whatever pops into my head. I, we have to talk about the you and Nani history, but I think we have to talk okay. about how much they botched this ride or die thing first, just okay. as a premise. Okay. This isn't ride or die. This is here's who I'm dating with a couple exceptions. And oh, I don't know brother. why they here's did it my that brother. Way. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's either here's my my girlfriend, my new husband, my boyfriend, or um, somebody I'm related to. Mm-hmm. To me, that's not ride or die. It should have been people who had challenged histories together, like you and Nani. Yeah, and it should have been Fessy and Nani's girlfriend. Like, yeah. like it or not, that's those right. two. Those two are have. It should be people with history together that are good friends and trust each other. Yep. And that should have been the concept. This turned into like a dating show. I it, The first episode, Bill, I'm glad you said that because that's what I felt like I was watching. I'm like, is this Love Island? And you and it was funny because, you know, in the meet and greet part when everyone's, you know, mingling around, you had Tori who was almost like, I almost felt like she was like uh, 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 Chris Harrison from The Bachelor walking around interviewing everybody, all the couples about. And that's what I was saying. It's like you got Johnny and Raven. You've got. Uh, you know, who's now hooking up with Norris and it's like episode oh, it's like one. Amber's got a new boyfriend and I finally found stability. It's like, I don't care. I wanted to watch the challenge. Devin and Toria, yeah. that's a great ride or die. They have this whole yeah. history and now they're really close. And it's like, that's what I want. Like if it is you and Nani or Leroy and Nani, that's another one. Wes and he has nobody would ride or die for him. But if he had, <laughs> if he had another human who liked him, Wes and somebody else with some history. Um, but on and on down the line, I, I just yeah. I felt like I was watching a cross between Bachelor in Paradise and like kind of the challenge. I felt the same way. I'm watching it and I'm like, first, I'm like, 
the music was a little bit like, I mean, like it seemed like they really got into the music on this one, but it was like yeah. every two seconds was like a different song. Like it felt like you were watching a music video and they kind of edited it in a funny way too. They're like zooming in on people's faces randomly. And, and, but yeah, the way it was, was all edited and cut together. It, I mean, I guess they're also, you're telling to, us, you're telling us there's no hooking up on the show too. It's like, everybody's a couple this year. Oh, that's awesome. Great. Yeah. That, that'll be fun for the hour. No. So we'll have all couples, no hooking up, no real partying, but here's what we're going to have for you guys. This elaborate 17 sequence voting process that is like being on C-SPAN watching the house of representatives. I just don't understand it. I don't understand. It's like, Oh, there's going to be more strategy and Oh, now there's four people. Now you got to pull knives out of a thing. Oh, that knife says safe. It's like, what's going on? Even TJ looked like he wanted to get out of there. I, I just thought they like, overthought everything. Much. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here's here's the, the, the idea behind that. And I don't know if it, maybe it's going to take a little while to, maybe it's going to take a while to trans, translate through to the viewer. Maybe it never will. The reason they do that, because I mean, obviously the old voting process used to be much more simplified. It's like losing partner or pair goes in, winning team picks someone to go against them, bing, bam, boom, you know who the elimination is. Great. By, by doing it this way, you're adding so much more like drama and suspense to the ultimate outcome. So it's like, even once you've been interrogated as one of these four teams, the, the winning team pulls in four teams, interrogates the four, they're going to pick one. Now, sometimes they'll tell that one team who it is. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes all four teams will go and they won't know who it is. But what ends up happening is those four pairs then start wheeling and dealing within the four pairs to be like, yo, if I pull the safe, I will save you. And what happens, it. what ends up happening then is multiple, these teams are making deals with multiple people and it's just putting more layers on top of the drama. I get it though. Super confusing, super convoluted, a little too difficult. I've said that for a while. I think that's why the real world ended up kind of, you know, f f uh, uh, flaming out is because it got too complicated and it's like, keep the format simple, man. Like keep it simple, stupid. And when you do, it's like easier for fans to follow. Right, what uh, was the show? What was the show? I think it was, uh, it might've been free agents. It might've been like rivals too, but the first time you had to lobby to not be the person voted and they, the, the two people that won the challenge would have the dinner. And I remember one time you came in and you're trying to lobby them, even though nobody liked each other. But yeah. you'd be like, hey, man, do you guys know what you're doing? And I did enjoy that. But now it's they like done that. They did that a few times. They did yeah. that a few times. Yeah, I like the dinner format. It's just like the interrogation thing. It just seemed a little too like ominous. And here's the other problem. And it's also a dark room. What's fun being in those rooms? It's like I feel like Nothing. I'm in Game of Thrones and the freaking, you know, bunkers. Here's the other problem. And I think this is why the CBS experiment didn't necessarily go according to plan was you can't have a show like The Challenge that really does takes a, a knowledge of how the game works with nobody who's really ever been on the show before. Right. And it's, it's, it's like you're, 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 it would be like taking a bunch of people who've like never played basketball or like play like a different sport and be like, all right, right now you got to play basketball. We're not going to teach you how to do it. There's not going to be anybody here that's ever played before. And that was the problem with this first episode, dude, is like, I'm watching it. And it's like, dude, these, these, all these rookies, man, that like, you know, Johnny and Raven somehow managed to win. And they've got like these other guys. It's like the prisoners running the prison. And I'm watching this, like th there needs to be some sort of like a veteran presence there to just make well, who do it you have? You feel had, normal. 
Yeah, you had Laurel. Laurel, you had Nelson. Fessy, yep. I guess, counts as a veteran now. Devin and Tori. Yeah. And that's and that's, that's it. it. It's just not, I agree with you. Not enough DNA. Some of those, but you could even put Astro. I mean, some of those are like, if you're looking at vets, like different eras of vets, I'd say the only one out of all of them that was like a true tote was, was Laurel. Yeah. Based on the amount of time she's been around. Nelson's been around for a while, but I mean, Fessy is, is, is relatively new to the game. Um, and Tori and Devin, I mean, they, you know, I guess them as well, but there just wasn't enough of like that, you know, that veteran presence there. Can I give you a confession? I didn't watch yes. the CBS show. For the, I mean, for the I, reason you laid out, I watched the first episode and I was like, I don't know what this is, but this isn't the challenge. It feels like the challenge, but it's not. Yep. That's what I was, I've told people, I've made this comparison. It's like, you know, when you have a, like a dream and when you're in your dream, it feels like what you're seeing, you know, like deep down, it's like, this isn't real. It just seems weird, but like, I guess it is real. And then when you wake up, you're like, okay, that was a dream. I felt like that watching the CBS challenge. Well, like I'm watching, I'm like, TJ's there. You know, the challenge letters are there. They're in the uniforms. They're the, the format's the same. The house is the same. The filming's the same. But then you look at the faces and the people and the way the game's being played. And you're like, this is like a bad dream. And they're going, I'm going to play this like Survivor. It's like, cool. This isn't Survivor. The yeah. one time there was that family member show when you had uh, your Blood cousin lines. Vince. Bloodlines. Bloodlines. And that was the, there was a lot of new people that season, but they still had the DNA of the OGs. Yeah, which is what exactly. made it work. You know, like you were in there and Car Maria and Nani and on down the line and it worked, but it was a lot of new people and the new people, either they go full tilt, they're getting drunk and whatever, yep. or they're trying to get too political and too survivory. In this case, you're removing the drunk stuff because everybody's in a relationship. And then the political thing, nobody knows how to be political. So then you have the outcome you have in the first episode where the rookies are like, Let's put four vets in there and vote. It was like, whoa, that would never happen if you had like real vets in the house. You would never, never do that ever. Well, fear, fear not, Bill, because I know, I mean, we'll, we'll get to the end, but all is about to be right in the challenge house once uh, once the, the, the king and queen uh, make make their arrival into the show. Well, I watched um, I watched with my daughter and they're introing all the people and we don't know who half of them are. And it's like, yep. Nelson's I was say, like, did anyone stand out? Did anyone stand out to you? Any of the pairs? Well, it was like, Nelson is like, this is Narice. She's obviously very attractive. And he's like, you know, Narice from some show. And then she chimes in. You can see me in a lot of music videos. <laughs> and my daughter and I looked at each other like, is that a positive or a negative? Like, what? how do we take that? Is that a strength? Is that a check mark in your arsenal? I love that. I loved, um, I love the, uh, the tur agro turbo was the other thing I thought was the Jesus. unexpected. This guy. I don't know what happened to him. I mean, they, they, he's literally turbos unhinged. Okay. Like, Seems and I'm not like going to lie. And you know what? And I'm probably going to, cause his fans are ruthless. So I'm probably gonna get a lot of death threats for, you know, even talking about him on here. But when turbo first came onto the challenge of world of worlds, he was like the most like just cool, easy going, just like mellow, normal dude. And then he won and something happened to him. Cause now he takes everything that you say as at, he takes umbrage to everything. And it's a threat to his manhood. And he wants to kill you for doing it. Laurel, I don't like even know legit, what happened. Like legit kill you. They're on the, yeah, they're on the yacht. And I guess she poured out champagne and he wasn't there for it. And now he's threatening to send her and everybody else into every elimination, nominating himself to go in because 
he didn't get champagne on the champagne toast. And if you notice his his ride or die, if that's what you want to call it tomorrow, and this this will definitely this is going to show very soon on the, on, on the challenge. It's like, man, you want to talk about someone who's just kind of there and is not allowed to like you know cast any sort of a shadow. It's her, dude. Like he kind of has that team. And when I once I got there, they were like, man, he is on full tilt. Just, Devin made the joke in the elimination arena about, all right, Turbo, watch out. You know these daggers are sharp. Don't go stealing these. Guy lost his mind. Yeah, it's like, it's Devin joke, looks scared. Turbo. Devin's like, yeah. I'm gonna die tonight. I don't know what happened to him. He's turned into a taken villain crossed with like a super aggro guy at the end of the night at a bar who's just like ready to fight somebody outside. It's weird. For no reason. I remember he was such a nice guy in the yeah. first challenge season. And then somebody insulted him and you could feel H- like- Hunter, probably Hunter. Hunter. Yeah. And yep. you could feel like a little switch go and you go, yep. oh, that's why he's being such a nice guy because he's got this other side. I remember so. he got mad at me on World of Worlds too. Like he was kind of playing the middle, right? And then once Laurel went home, the power of the of the dynamic of the show shifted. The 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 our alliance got substantially weaker. So Turbo then decided, all right, I see where the numbers are at. I'm gonna jump ship and go over to like the Carmaria Polly Ninja side, right? And I remember he's on the treadmill and he goes, starts talking to me about how I'm a pussy champion and and all this shit. And he hates the way I play because I play too many games. And I'm like, Turbo, the challenge is a game. Okay, that's what we're doing. We're playing a game. I was like, don't they have games in your country? He goes, yes, in my country, we break bones. I'm like, okay. Cool. Well, that's not really what I was talking about. I meant like Monopoly or like a fucking right. board game. Not like, <laughs> let's go out and smash people's heads. <laughs> well, I'll say this. He's a great villain. Like he's, he's clearly villain. positioning himself as a villain. Fessy seems like he's easing away from, I don't want to be the bad guy anymore. Yeah. And Turbo will take that spot, but so what was the reaction when you and Nani walked in? Because it's hard to tell the way they edit it. They try to edit it. Like everybody was in complete shock, Yeah, but it seems like people were kind of in complete shock. They were hundred percent. I think people kind of had an idea. This is actually kind of annoying that this happened, but they kept me. They Nani didn't even know I was there. Okay. They kept it a really big secret that I was going to be there. They, you know, cause they pulled Nani out uh, of the house and she didn't know why. And it was because they were bringing me in when we, when we were at that hotel, actually probably a day before me and you chatted, I had to get my laundry washed. Okay. And I sent a pair of my compression shorts that say bananas on the no, butt. That's your fault. To laundry. Yeah, that's well, your no. fault. Well, no, listen. So I sent, I sent my to laundry. I didn't know there was anyone else staying in the hotel. Apparently they mixed up my laundry with one of the other alternates, Nam. My compression shorts ended up in Nam's laundry. So Nam then sent a picture of my compression shorts to Josh and whoever else was in the hotel. And then, and then it got out. So, so the most surprising part of that story is I didn't realize Nam was alive. He's alive. He's alive. And he was controlled by CGI and just (laughs) that he didn't actually interact or was able to do anything. He's the actual Terminator. Yeah. Um, no, so That's it got amazing. out. So, Nom. so I think they knew that there was, there was a, a, an idea at some point I might be checking into the game, but it was genuine shock. It was genuine surprise. And you know, who was the most, believe it or not, shocked and surprised and happy to see me there was Devin. Mm. I didn't know what our relationship was going to be like just based on how it went down. But I think even Devin, you know, after this first episode, when they got absolutely, you know, just screwed by the Johnny and Raven rookie Alliance. You know, I was a sight for sore eyes coming in, like he said, and it was like, all right, well, our back's against the wall. We're going to have to fight our way out of this, you know, right, right out of the gate. 
I'm on team bananas, as you know, in most situations. I thought with the whole Devin history, I thought the way it was edited and then presented, I never sat right with me. When you're in the house like that and your whole goal is to antagonize somebody, antagonize somebody, antagonize somebody to their break yep. and try to get you to do something dumb. And then you said something you shouldn't have said, but you were also being pushed to the limit by somebody who was trying to get you to punch you, punch him for, yep. I don't know. It was like, it was 10 minutes on the show. It was probably even longer no, than it was, an, the show. it was over an hour. It was over an yeah. hour that he followed me around the house, dude. You yeah. can't, you can't then be like, oh my God, that was terrible. I can't like, you can't have it both ways. You can't be that much of a dick, but yep. then also do the holier than thou thing when any repercussions happen from it. So yeah. I didn't think either of you came off great, but I thought I couldn't believe he didn't take any accountability for it. It's like, yeah, maybe I shouldn't have been a huge fucking cock for an hour. But that was his thing, man. That was, that was his, that was his character. His character was, I'm going to be as obnoxious as I possibly can. He was robo bananas. Yeah. He was like all the little things you did. He was trying to blow them out. And because he's not as good athletically. He knew that they were going home based on the fact that Corey just body slammed Tony, right? Yep. He knew they were going home. So the only way he thought to make it right is if I did something stupid, then yep. we'd be going home to him or me and him would end up as partners. But I mean, listen, I didn't know, man, coming out of this season, I was like, I don't know where my allegiances, alliances, whatever you want to call them, are going to stand with certain people. So uh, it was, uh, it, there was a lot of unknowns walking into the house. And I'm not going to lie, man, of I'm all pro the seasons Devin. I've- I, yeah. I'm at Pro Devin as a character. Mm -hmm. I think he, I I think his self awareness is really good. That was the only moment from him I didn't like, but for the most part, I think he's been one of the most additive people for the last six years of the show. Maybe my favorite. I agree. And here's the thing: as much as I didn't want to say, because there are certain people, regardless of the relationship I've had with them in the past, I know people who are good for TV, and I knew yeah. he always was. The problem was he was trying in, early on. He was trying to make his entire persona or, you know, gain uh, notoriety by just picking fights and beefing with me. And that's what always yeah. bothered me. It's like, if you're going to blaze your own path and if you want to create, become a character, do it on your own. Don't try and do it. Well, Jordan did that with me. you too. Yeah. Jordan yeah, had yeah, that Jordan. whole year when he was like, I'm going to be the bananas kryptonite. Yeah. And then we saw that ended. And then he was getting a suitcase and leaving. But then there was a few, but in the last few seasons I've taken off, I really do think Devin's come into his own. You know what I mean? I think, uh, I, I, I definitely do. So, and I like Tori too. I think Tori's probably emerged as my favorite, just TV character from the show for the last six years for the females. What's crazy is you got Nelson, Devin and Tori all from, are you the one it's like mm. once, once the, once, once our farm system of like the real world and road rules ended, and obviously fresh meat. I think the best people we've gotten on the show uh, in, in recent times have been from, from Are You The One? Well, now and the shockingly, farm, the farm system is TikTok and YouTube now, right? That's the next version <laughs> of the farm system. Farm system's been everything, dude. Love Island, Warsaw Shore, uh, right. 12 dates of Christmas. Like they don't yeah. even care, dude. It's like, we don't give a shit. We'll just pull them from anywhere. Yeah. Well, I guess that's what you have to do. What would you change though? Like we, we, had, we were having this conversation right now, the current state of the challenge, especially when it comes to bringing people on, if you could, if you could come in as a producer and you could be like, all right, this is what I'm going to do differently, whether it's with casting or whether it's with format or theme, what would you, what would you change up on the show? I really miss the going out to bars and the vans and maybe there's mm -hmm. reasons in the 2020s why they're afraid to go down yeah. some of those roads, but 
I felt like so much good TV happened when you guys were out in the general public with real people. And then you had to take some van to and from, you think like just incredible amounts of good stuff. Then people coming home, somebody making a pizza, somebody getting mad that you took my pizza. We just need more of that stuff. And maybe in 2022, we can't have as much. That I was going to say what they need to do. What you're saying is they need to rescind the alcohol restrictions. They've that that's been put on us because but we know like, why they're there. I mean, we, yeah, we know why this they're fake there, bar you're in. What is this bar? It's like, there's no other people in the bar. It's just, everybody gets dressed up and they walk 50 feet and then it's all the same only people. by ourselves. It's, by, yeah. it's, it's so, and you know what? It's, it's, when there's 30 people in the beginning, it's like, you can do it. You're like, all right, the whole cast is here. Like when we saw him come, go out to the bar this time, it's like, you're still getting to know everyone. You're still like, oh, is this person attractive? Do I want to hook up with this person? Do I want to flirt with this one? Whatever. But as this, as this season goes on and the numbers start to dwindle and you're going to the same bar with eight people, you're like, dude, kill me. I don't even want to go out. Right. Like, I'm good. I don't want to drink. I don't want to hang out with these people. I would rather like put a campfire out in my face. So my idea here would be if you, if you have to use the facsimile bar, I would import 40 to 50 people to come in people that none of you guys know. And then it, just make it like a party every night, basically do it that way. That's how it should be. I, I agree. Like back when we used to be able to like mingle with the locals, it used to be yeah. such a better, now they've got security everywhere. If we go to the bathroom, there's a security guard standing in the bathroom. Like it's, it's wild, man. Like how much security they have. The, the voting process, I would make a lot simpler and I would do it outdoors. Like we talked about when you went to lobby, the people at the dinner usually was in this nice location. I don't feel like the challenge. I don't know why they did it this way. The last couple of years, I complained about it to you in the past. Like the challenges, it seems like they care more about making it like a Michael Bay movie with like yeah. these overhead shots and things blowing up and slow motion. And this director's like jerking himself off, whoever, I don't, it might be multiple directors. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I just feel like get, make it a little more simpler. Keep it outdoors. Like, give me a pool. Give me, yeah. give me just happiness. Give me a tropical yes. location. Like when I watch these shows, I want to escape from wherever I am. And I want to go to like these different locations. Right. And I want to be yeah. with you guys when you're in some awesome, you're on some mountain or you're, you know, in Cabo or wherever the hell it is. And I don't want to be in some dungeon as four people are lobbying to stay in the show. Like what's, <laughs> what's fun about that as a viewer, literally nothing. You know, it's even less fun. What's fun about that? Having to actually live that. That's why I've, yeah. I've said that in the past. It's like, we need to bring back some of like the fun, dude. Like you're going to get the drama regardless. You're going to get the tension. You're going to get the drama. What's the, where's the harm in allowing us to have a little more freedom and allowing us to like enjoy ourselves and prank each other and like kind of have more of these fun moments as opposed to being like, if we put you in a pressure cooker and we make you miserable enough, we're going to get drama and, and, and anger, that's but it's wrong, caused out of you just wrong. being agitated. Yeah. I totally disagree with that strategy. Like Bachelor in Paradise, which is not a very good show. It was in the past. I think it's tailed off, but the location is great. You're outdoors all the time. It's really nice. Everybody's just wearing like, I'm on vacation outfits. There's hammocks. There's yeah. little like special cabanas that they might sneak yeah. off to. There's all these places to, for people to potentially get in trouble. And the challenge, like what was that year CT ended up on the roof with uh what's her face? Dual two. <laughs> that was uh that was a dual two with the uh, Siobhan. That was, that, great. that was, that was when he beat the shit out of Adam. Right. <laughs> it was great. Yeah. What a great, what yeah. a great season. Thumbs up. But yeah, he had to go to the roof to hook up with Siobhan, but that's the kind of stuff <laughs> I want from the challenge. I want people like, 
you know, lying on a hammock. And then they're the person they're allegedly dating is like, why is my boyfriend on a hammock over there with that other one? Yeah. They're just missing out on that stuff. Maybe you guys are too old. Maybe that's a piece of it. Maybe they feel like it's a more mature show now or something. How do you feel about the, uh, how do you feel about Kim and Colleen? We've got a, uh, you know, St. Pauli's girl and the, I can't believe it's not butter guy. The is that mole. the guy with the long blonde hair? Yes. So he didn't have a single compelling TV moment and nobody made fun of his hair. Like if you were there, you would have been like, what's up with the hair, dude? And you just would have gone in. So it was like yep. this elephant in the room. Like, why is this guy here? He's got no personality. And why is his hair like that? And it's just unaddressed for an hour and a half. I don't know where he came from. I don't, who was, who was Colleen? Colleen was his partner. The little, the, the blonde girl member. That, no, but where are they from? Where'd they come from? She's from the mole Germany. She was on the show, but she said she was from Long Island, but she's trying to like lie and, and, and yeah. create this whole thing where she's the mole. There, Jack that was is terrible. the one. Jack's the one that outs her. Jack, Laurel's partner, the one that's dressed yep. like a Christmas present for half of the, uh, for half the episode, yeah. his interviews. Yeah. Yeah. That was terrible. Kaylin, Sam, I don't care that you got married. Yeah. Um, I don't know why you're on the show. I don't think the marriage, I, it, I find it hard to believe it's going to be like a 20 year marriage. But you're telling me you're telling me rela relationships that start via DMs with two different reality yeah, television little, stars don't have suspicious. to withstand the, yeah. don't stand, withstand the yeah. test of time. Did it pass? <laughs> did it pass some of the stiff tests for me for uh, for romances? Um, but yeah, in general, I thought that was bad. I, just going through the list, like Amber, I've always enjoyed because there's she's got that same quality Cara Maria has, where just people instinctively they seem like they don't click with her. And yeah. I don't really know what she does to get that reaction. But over and over again, it's like, I don't trust Amber. I don't like Amber. It's like, why? Nobody is able to present evidence, but yeah. there's something yeah. to her. And it's exactly like Cara Maria, right? Yeah, it's similar. It's similar, but different. And I'd never done a season with Amber up until this season. And I didn't get it for most of the time either. But um, you'll see, I think, later on in the season that a lot of the emotions that she presents and, and, and is a lot of it is done in order to kind of manipulate people into getting mm. her to do what they want and almost to make them feel bad for her to like, it's just so funny how like, you know, it just so happens that on, on days when so, she's potentially going to be voted in or nominated to go the in drama or go elimination, the drama starts. Oh, FYI, who invented that move? Yeah. Uh, Queen Nani, our favorite. Not yeah, that's a Nani. that's a fucking Nani special. It's like, oh, <laughs> something might happen tonight. Time for me to create some drama. <laughs> time, time, time to, to look at the shiny object over here. Not 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 what you're looking at. Yeah, I mean, other. What do you think of the first challenge? The bolos for blood. Were you were you stoked on that? Nelson um, for not Nelson forgot how old he was. <laughs> <laughs> how about? They said, is that, was that a real number? They make that up that he's lost 51 straight daily challenges. No, is that a real number? No, they make that up. That is a real number, dude. That, that is a is real number. Incredible. It's like it's, impossible. It it's almost harder to do that. I don't know if you remember Total Madness, but we had to, the last challenge we had to do, we had to drive our, uh, uh, a stunt car and try and hit these, hit the brake and hit these bowling pins. Yeah. Nelson was the only one to hit the brake and miss Every single bowling pin, dude. <laughs> 10 bowling pins, he somehow misses all of them in a, in a car when you're driving straight towards the bowling pins. And then in this one, <laughs> in this one, in order to, to calculate one of the math problems, you had to add your birthday together. Well, Nelson forgot that he was 33 uh, and not 32. 
It was amazing. Like you do that documentary series about the history of the challenge. Nelson should have just gotten his own episode just to, just to lay out all the crazy shit that's happened to him in 10 years where it's over wild. and over, nobody is his own worst enemy. Even he makes Corey look like a rocket scientist in some of these challenges. <laughs> so funny. The fact that they were aligned together, it's like the dream team of how is this going to go wrong? Um, Devin and my favorite teams, Devin and Tori, mm-hmm. Turbo and, and Tamara, just for the just for the turbo aspect. Lauro, I think picked the wrong partner. I don't I don't see him being a threat. I really like Michelle and Jay. Um I think Michelle has been the best ad of like any of the survivor people. Um She's great. she just gets it. She's cool. I was rooting for yep. her last year. And Jay was good too. I think both of them as a combo um are going to be really uh I mean, you know how it turns out so you can't tell us, but I think that's a formidable pairing. And uh, I have my eye on them. I don't know enough about Casey's partner, but I always, I take Casey seriously in these challenges because I just think she's really good, really mm-hmm. smart. Everyone likes she her. Is. Nobody yeah. nobody backstabs her. She's just got a nice vibe. But I don't know if Kenny will rise to the occasion. But it does seem like, I mean, bananas, we got to talk about it, even though you can't talk about it. So I'll talk about it. You know, it does seem like this is set up pretty nicely for you from a challenge standpoint. You're trying to win number eight. Obviously trying to win number eight. Listen, it's and and going into this season, people uh, and I just did a bunch of press about this season. They're like, what made you want to come out of retirement? If that's even what it was to come back, where where's your motivation at? And there really wasn't. I mean, as much as I would love to add more hardware to my shelf, another trophy, another notch in my belt. What really motivated me this season to like come in and, and try and win again was to help Nani get her first win. Um, because I mean, there's, I don't, maybe besides Leroy, I can't think of anybody else that has put in that much time, that much effort, that much tears and blood into this franchise only to like, you know, not be able to, to, to walk away saying they're a champ. So coming in this season, I mean, that was my, that was my big motivation. However, well, then, I mean, hold on your relationship. Yep. You dated for at least a little bit. Right? Mm-hmm. How long yeah, did you date? I mean, you call yeah. it dating. Yeah, yeah, you were involved. Involved. And then yeah. when you got paired back up together for what was the show? Exes. Exes. That was the third idea I had. Exes. That okay. was another one. We had rivals. We had exes and ride or die. Those were the ideas. It wasn't the team one. I got that wrong. That exes season was great. That was because yeah. she started to kind of fall for you again during the show, and they did a nice job of building that arc. And you knew it was happening and yeah. you couldn't let it happen, but it was starting to bleed over into the game. It was, I think, Nani's greatest season for, as a TV character. But then it was like you, Nani, and Leroy were kind of, those were your ride or dies. Like you guys were always going to look out for each other. And we remain the same. I mean, that's how it's been. I mean, uh, last time the three of us were on a season together was Total Madness. Uh, I'm sorry, War of the Worlds 2. And the entire house, again, once Laurel went home and the power dynamic shifted to the other side, the entire house was like, Bananas, you're next up. And they went to Leroy and Nani and they were like, listen, you have an opportunity to come to our side or stick with Bananas, who's on a sinking ship right now. And they both stuck with me knowing that it was going to be to the detriment of their game. So you have to. When you're talking about like who truly fits the definition of a ride or die pair, it's like me and Nani are the ones that fit that, you know, fit that uh, definition the best better than anyone else this season. So, so so the romance piece is gone. 
Abs- yeah, absolutely. I think we realized years ago that we were, uh, you know, just just better off as friends. Um, Would you bet against it at any point in your life? I'd, I'd probably bet against it. Okay, yeah. fair. Fair. Does it mean that I don't still have all the love in the world for that girl, though? How um, can you not? She's the queen of the challenge. I know. She's great, dude. Um, what are you? Uh, okay, so then uh, obviously we watched the 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 the, uh, the daily challenge, which was an interesting one. The elimination. And I think we we can agree. I think the best part of the entire episode, not to you know gas up my own tires, was Nani and I making our triumphant entrance into the uh, into the game. No, I think this is good for us to ease out on. My daughter was super bored during the show, which I think is a really bad sign for the season. The way it was set up, the pairings, the lack of drama, the lack of partying, like all the stuff we like, and then the interminable voting process. And when you showed up, I didn't tell her you were showing up. So she, it, that like electro, electro shocked our sofa. She was like, whoa, <laughs> oh my God. And it got one of those. So then, uh-huh. you know, I think it's really important that they showed you guys at the end because if they had just waited till episode two, I think people might've bailed on the season. Like that's how bad episode one was, I thought. So episode two, now you're in, I'm sure there's a couple more pairings coming. There are. And I mean, listen, yeah, you yeah. haven't seen Jordan yet. You haven't seen Darrell yet. You haven't seen Anissa yet. So yeah. We saw them in the trailer at the end. So it's like, okay, more people are coming. So this will head somewhere. But yeah, I just thought they really misfired with the uh, the newbies and just kind of the setup. I, it, w- it was long. It was like a long hour and a half. I know it was. And you know what? I, I will say though that, that I kind of had the same feeling, but again, it's almost like they definitely, the veteran presence that's about to be established in the house writes the ship. So- for everyone out there that watched the first episode and kind of had the same, kind of had the same feelings, don't worry, help is on the way. I'm actually this season, Bill. I'm going in with the new moniker, Captain Sabashell. Well, the irony, which you didn't discuss, I'll say it for you because, well, you do brag about yourself, but <laughs> I, I think they tried to prove over the last couple of years that maybe they didn't need bananas for the challenge, yeah. right? They're like, that's okay. fine, we'll move on. It's like when, um. You know, and uh, whatever, an NBA team is like, we got the young guys and, you know, maybe, but they do need bananas for the challenge. They do need some of the greats. Like when Tom Brady left the Patriots, they're like, oh, we're good. Yeah. We haven't made the, we haven't won a playoff game since. Um, (laughs) The, uh, the, there's a couple people, at least one of the people just has to be on the challenge or it doesn't feel like the challenge. I think, I think UNCT, Wes almost there, but. But really, like it just if if people are missing, it just doesn't feel like the same show. And I, I think they finally realized that. Well, Bill, I cannot agree with you more. Well, listen, it's gonna be a good season. All right. <laughs> Hang in there, my friend. I'm in. I listen, you guys, I the Patriots are probably gonna nine and eight. Red Sox season's over. Celtics just fired their coach. This this banana's not his title, not a title. I'm treating this like a Boston team. I want Nani to get off the Schneid. Let's do Jeez. this. As if we didn't need any more. Listen, as if we didn't need any more pressure than we already had. Now we got. Now we got you adding adding to the uh, adding to the load here. Love it, Nani. You're the best, bananas. It's great to see you. I hope you win Likewise. number eight. Bill, listen, man. Thank you once again, dude, for not just coming on the podcast, but you were the one, dude. You were the one that that uh, that uh, that I brought me you. into the podcast yeah, I, I world. I nudged you. I pushed you. You did so again, dude. Thanks for the. Uh, Thanks for the platform. Thanks for the opportunity. Thank you for having the foresight in knowing that uh, this thing was going to actually uh, work itself out here. And well, become- it's, we should say it's a great pod. You love doing it and you're good at hosting it and you were a natural. I mean, it's, I think it's been a really valuable one. 
It's the greatest challenge podcast anywhere. Hands down. Come on. Hands down. It's not even close. Bill, thank you for stopping by the Death Taxes and Bananas podcast where the tea flows like wine and my guests instinctively flock like the salmon of Capistrano. I'm Oprah and I love you. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.